2014. Muscovites aren't using as much water as before this year. The city averages about 3 million cubic meters of water a day. Since 2012, it's been down to 137 liters per person. They decreased it 20%. Six years ago, the average number was 180 liters. Russian gymnast Artur Dolan has won gold in the men's individual all-round event at the World Championships in Doha. This is Russia's first men's individual gold of a gymnastics world championship in the 21st century. The 22-year-old Muscovite claimed 85.598 points to retain of China one silver, while another Russian Nikita Nagorny completed the podium. Football club Lokomotiv Moscow is currently playing its last 16 game of the Russian Cup against struggling Premier League team Unisei Krasnoyarsk. The latest score there at the Cherkizovsky Stadium is 4-0 in favour of the house with several minutes to go in the match. The winner of this encounter is to play against FC Rubin Kazan in the quarterfinals in late February next year. And finally, the euro has dropped 37 kopecks against the Russian currency, with the dollar losing 17. The official exchange rate for Thursday for a dollar is 65.6 rubles. One euro will cost 74.42. Traffic. Rated 4 out of 10 on Moscow's roads. According to our interactive map, driving time to Shremetyva Airport from the city center is about 75 minutes and under an hour to get back into central Moscow. Driving time to Vnukova is around 50 minutes each way and you'll spend about an hour and 20 minutes on your way to Domodedova while under an hour to get back from the airport to the city center. Weather. 12 degrees Celsius in London, 5 in Beijing, 29 in Havana. Overcast skies and up to 6 degrees Celsius are expected in Moscow tomorrow. That's about 42 Fahrenheit. That's all from me this hour. Dmitry Shurga in the studio. Bye for now. Capital FM, Moscow. With Alan Moore. A very happy Halloween to all you, our witches, ghosts, and ghouls, and our goblins as well. As the old year comes to an end, we're going to give you new news for the new year. This is Capital Sports. I'm Alan Moore, and here with me in the studio is the man they tried to ban from the bookmakers, Mr. Andy McLean. Good evening, Alan. Okay, so as everyone at home in Ireland is lighting their bonfires, their bangers, and uh, fireworks, here in Moscow, there's a bit of fireworks going on right now out of the Day Arena, where we are, but we're pre-recording this uh, on the day of the game. So, uh, of course, that game kicked off at 7.30. We'll have the result next week, and you'll actually hear us later on on Capital Sports. Actually, I'm sorry, with Nikki Stay, should be. We'll be uh, giving the updates on that game. So, we have a lot of treats and some tricks for you all tonight. We'll look back on last week's Champions League and Europa League games, especially those involving the Russian clubs, the most recent round of uh, Russian Premier League and English Premier League matches, and we'll look ahead to this weekend's matches and we'll have a little listen to Andy's tips because this past weekend really really paid off we'll talk about the state of Russian football with Alexander Zotov of course who is the head of the Russian Football Players Union and of course a member of the executive committee of the Russian Football Union as well um, and that'll be in part two we'll chat a bit about the NFL and of course the end of baseball's World Series World Series with only well two countries involved but there you go it's America we'll have a little bit of a catch up as well with the KHL hockey but first first let's start with rather tra- tragic events that happened on uh, Saturday night in Leicester City Andy what do we know right now uh, that, 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 that like we do know for sure 
So what appears to have been established was about an hour after the game, um, the Leicester City owner's helicopter took Can off. Can you name them? Um, I'm not even going to try. Okay. <laughs> well, Vichai, Vichai, isn't it? Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the second one, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll allow someone from Thailand to have a go at that. Srivadanaprabha. Okay, okay, go ahead. Um, so his helicopter took off, as is tradition, from the centre of the pitch at the King Power Stadium, which is obviously named after his company. And it just made it over the terraces of the ground and spiralled out of control and crashed down. I, I believe it was confirmed that uh, he, his wife, um, the two pilots who were actually married, um, a, a Brit and a Polish lady. That's right, yeah. Um, and one other staff member from his company, I think. That's right, yeah. There's um, five in total, five in total. Yeah, have, have all perished. Um, okay. Obviously, players, everyone was very, very quick to um, to pay condolences, although nothing was actually really confirmed until the morning after. But yeah, yeah sad it, it, times. There was the one that came up from Casper Michael. I mean, I have my issues with Leicester City. Anyway, going back to um, when they had Mr. Tinkerman uh, was there around the club and all those going on behind the scenes and when, of course, the Dr. Bonner issues came out as well uh, regarding doping within English football uh, and, of course, then the, the people who are involved in doping around, hanging around the club, shall we say, are actually working with the club like um, Andrea Azalin and so on and so forth and the links to Juventus and Mape. So, I mean, there were, there were some real issues surrounding the club and yet we're meant to believe that all was well. Yeah, we were speaking before about players like Jamie Vardy and Wes Morgan who was I think already 33 or 34 when they won the title had never really played a full season before and yet Wes Morgan I think played every single minute of that season and Jamie Vardy played almost every game and without and scored buckets load of goals yeah and without that consistency within that team I mean I think they only really had a squad of about 13 players that they could really rely on week in week out and they almost all were available for 38 games now of course they had of course uh, the man who came from the Mape sports side of course we know Mape cycling oh, well we know what cycling is all about a man who'd written about um, how caffeine could be used to improve performance how EPO of course was, it was, was good to be used now just, just I'm just going to put this out there if this was Vitaly Mutko if he met a tragic end like this after what people say that he oversaw state sponsored doping and so on and so forth people you know there, there would be a lot a lot of criticism in the press a lot of criticism and then this man himself had put his own money behind it about this like scheme that actually got them top of the league in a season when Leicester City not one of their players was tested yeah, there was a very positive spin put on his his legacy, almost, as people are now calling it, not only because of the league title, but the way that he's changed the club, the way that he's affected the players, the way that he's changed the city, even. I'm not really sure that's true. I mean, Filbert Street, for me, was had much more character and something special about it, especially under Martin O'Neill, for me, watching a, a young, up-and-coming Leicester side with Heskey and Lennon and... Um, I can't remember the big centre-back's name now. Matt, somebody. Um, but Robbie Savage as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, if I look, like, I'm, I'm looking here at what Casper Schmeichel wrote at the weekend. So, and now, remember, this is Casper Schmeichel, who is the son of Peter Schmeichel, the Manchester United uh, ex-keeper. Never have I come across a man like you. So hard-working, so dedicated, so passionate, so kind and so generous in the extreme. You had time for everyone. Now, I mean, never have a come across... I mean, I don't know. This was a man that was leaving the ground one hour after the game. In, in his own private helicopter? After a one-all draw. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, I mean, I, 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 
as, as tragic as it is, and there was like you know everyone's looking at the you know I mean Piers Morgan posted up right away with the hero uh, pilot because he didn't crash into uh, cars, but you know basically he was trying to land his helicopter. So I mean. Yeah, I saw, I, I saw one BBC journalist saying he was such a kind man because he said hello in the corridor. I mean, that's just that's just common decency. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, Thai people by nature are, are very are friendly. very friendly, very decent. I mean, that's that's the, that's the whole thing. I mean, that's that's the, the, the wonder wonderful thing when you're dealing with them. They you know they are like you know by nature they're very Buddhist, warm people, very yeah. warm. Yeah, and they and they always kind of try to do good as much as possible. You know, this this billionaire. Okay, he had some a lot of question marks around his businesses but there's been apps okay I understand when people die and it's a tragedy that you have to take care and you have to sort of at least bite your tongue but the way that the media has just been rolling out the attributes and or, or sort of the not attributes I should say like the, the uh, platitudes I guess it just doesn't make sense this again a club who let me repeat this to listeners remember this this is a club who were under investigation for doping but had none of their players tested. When the same thing was going on the same season with Rostov, when they were chasing down for the league titles of Siska, all their players were swooped upon and tested. They were target tested. Now, the season after Leicester won the league, they were target tested by UEFA. And we remember that season wasn't quite that good. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, Jamie Vardy almost sort of openly admitted that they were mainly on caffeine. I don't know what the stipulations would have been behind behind having excess levels of ca- or huge levels of caffeine in your blood. But great point, great point, Andy. Because that, like, I mean, I'm, I, I can't disagree enough. Because it is, there is no real upper limit on caffeine in terms of with water and doping. I mean, it's an absolute disgrace because you have these people who are just like literally, you know, dropping dead. Their hearts, you know, because they're overdosing caffeine. In Italian football, there have been quite a number of players who have reported minor heart attacks. These are young men, like in their mid-twenties, because they, they OD on caffeine. And what Jamie Vardy was doing was he was drinking so many cans of Red Bull, and now we know what Red Bull is all about, drinking so many cans of Red Bull and port before a game, and then hype, like hyper-dosing on caffeine. Mix that with pizza and, and, and uh, beer in the after game if you've won it as well, and that can't be good for you. I still go out banging a couple of ah, I don't know, I just... I, I, I just I, I despair when I see what what we're doing, and I mean it's a it's a huge tragedy for for the man, his family, and all the people involved in that. Um, I know it's sad for Leicester City, but another way, these are sports people, and you can bet your bottom dollar they're thinking of the bottom dollar, and they're thinking of oh, our benefactor is gone. What's going to happen next? Yeah, this is an this is now a very difficult period. Of, I'm I'm not sure whether he'd have written anything into. I'd, I'd imagine he would have had a will already, age sixty, and a billionaire whether Leicester City were included within that and how that's going to affect them um, certainly for January and next summer and player contracts coming up it'll be quite an interesting period to see what, what we actually find out about the, the, the inner circle of ongoings and within Leicester at the moment exactly because like if you look at it this you know like he, he was a, a of course a billionaire but like very often I remember what happens with uh, Robert Maxwell again he had football clubs as well and then all of a sudden when he you know, passed away or whatever happened to him, fell off his boat or drowned while he was swimming. Uh, the, the clubs came apart to the team. So I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot more to be played out on this, and I think that as time passes, I think in the next couple of months, watch this space with Leicester City because when I'd written before about the dirty dealings behind Leicester's charge to this title and this like heroic sort of um, you know like kind of slap in the face of all big business and big money in football, you know they they they, they were 
desperate to try and get rid of the, the, the facts. Like, they were trying to airbrush, like, kind of the past of some of those people out of history, including with Ranieri and Azalin and all the people he worked with as well. Yeah, talk about Ranieri, one of his ex-clubs. If we'd, if we'd have taken Roman Abramovich here as an example, a Russian who's cold, not so good with the media, lots of money. If he'd died, would people have reacted the same way? Definitely not. Definitely not. No, no, I... But I don't know it's fair on you said I mean in one way sorry you know, Roman if you're listening yeah <laughs> you're in trouble if he is <laughs> but um, no I think it is, I think it is a case of like we there's been just these now in, in, in the moment like we've got Gary Lineker as well of course paying tribute and so on okay, Gary Lineker is an ex-Leicester player but he's the guy who cried when Ranieri was fired he cried when Ranieri was fired will he cry when players start dropping dead of heart attacks because of the abuse that Ranieri and his accomplices put their bodies through I don't know but at the same time, I think these players, considering what they went on to achieve, I think would probably put their bodies on the line in order to achieve that. I mean, it was such a, a once-in-a-lifetime, in a possibly even longer, achievement that Leicester City... I mean, I, I can't see that ever happening again in a, in a top league across Europe where such rank outsiders have defied all the odds and beaten maybe five or six teams that you would maybe expect well, to, to okay. always be there. Let's move on. Let's move on. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to get angry in a moment. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what I'm trying. Yeah, I know. You're trying to push me to explode. But anyway. Right. Last week, of course, we had the round of Champions League and Europa League games. Um, not a great not a great Wednesday night. We were there, of course, for Lokomotiv's loss. Um, they did get a goal, but some hapless play by really badly set out formation. I don't know what Sjoman was on, but whatever he's drinking... I don't want that anyway because that just looked absolutely Red Bull. Uh, probably not Red Bull yeah but clueless you know again Red, okay well, I, I'll leave Red Bull as it is okay go ahead so listen what did you take away from that game on Wednesday night sheer disappointment really I mean all I thought from- you say sh- something else for a moment <laughs> <laughs> like no <laughs> I'm looking at no, the I'll studio squad for just going the ground yeah 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 because I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was saying some choice words okay go ahead, go ahead sorry from the moment that Fernandez stepped up to the penalty I, I said to the person next to me I he doesn't look like a man that really wants to take this and from there from there despite missing the, the crowd kind of lifted for sort of maybe 5-10 minutes they had another big chance oh I mean they scrabbled the ball should have been in the and back it, of the net they should have been 2-0 up there within 15 odd minutes and then just the manner of which that they then capitulated to being 2-0 down and looking out of it and then the second half wow gone 2-3 so mean- minutes in Realistically, okay, realistically, we'll come on to it later on. They, they won away this weekend against the bottom side who, you know, they should have put 15 goals past. I mean, um, but looking, looking at it, there's no way in the world that Showman should be still in place because he, you know, I, I understand when, when, when he was blaming the players, when a bad workman blames his tools, we don't have enough, we don't have enough, we don't have this or that, I haven't got my players that I want. He has a great selection of players. He has everything there. The players are fit. They're ready. Okay, Fernandez is. I think his legs are gone. But still, you're looking at the you're looking at the, the the club as it is, and surely, surely he's he's just one loss away from getting the, the boot. It's the team selection that's a concern for me. I've I've been saying to you for for, for over a season about Igor Denisov, who I thought was just a just a he- headless chicken really Let, running listen, in the middle I, I, I just and then Adair up front did absolutely nothing I mean, the night. he didn't really offer anything and yet he then played it, played him again at the weekend where perhaps you think alright I'm going to make an example of this unless you start running and, ch- and he was booed at one point for not chasing down a ball unless you make an example of that and play the youngster and say if you're not going to do the job 
this young person will. Look what happened the weekend with Lukaku. Yeah. Lukaku, like, you know, wasn't hit the back of net, so they put in, like, a Mourinho put in. They a switched person. it round, yeah. This is the difference, I think, with with Schoeman, I, I He has not learned from his lessons from last year. I mean, sorry about that. I mean, At the same time, we, we mentioned that it would have been very difficult to fire him having won the league and then if you have if you have a bad start justifying that sacking is going to be very difficult yeah 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 that's well that is true okay well uh, well i mean with denisov i slightly this oh well, i do disagree in that i do think he's a, he's a quality player but i think that the way he's been played is 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 wrong i think he's been put into the wrong position there's some very very good players but with eder again the way he's been played is not contributing what he can do best Okay, so we're going out now to the break. We didn't finish. <laughs> sorry, but ranting about the Champions League. Um, quick run down the Champions League results. Of course, as I did say, I did say Liverpool were going to have an easy one, a handy one against. I said handy against Red Star Belgrade. They won four four nil. PSG drew two two at home at Napoli. Galatasaray nil nil with Schalke. Borussia four nil against Atletico Madrid. Not a good week for the, the Madrid teams. Uh, Barcelona 2-0 against Inter Milan. PSV uh, Eindhoven 2-2 with uh, Spurs. We were watching that actually, the results coming in live. And 1-1 Club Bruges and AS Monaco. That was all on Wednesday night. Right, we'll come back after the break. We will have Alexander Zotov on the phone. And we'll also have a chat about the Europa League when we come right back. Uh, we will go out to a fairly decent song. One that I think is going to have you enjoying, enjoying uh, your... Um, Let's just say, enjoying your evening. This is Run DMC and Aerosmith, and walk this way.
Маршал. Наступает время создавать новое. Время оттачивать свое мастерство. Быть безупречным в деталях. Лучшим из лучших. Гроз. Гарантия совершенства. Информация по телефону. 8 800 249 49 8 800 249 49 и на сайте www.instrument.ru Оптовый поставщик Мир Инструмента Слова и выражения, которым вас не учили на уроках английского Bounce. Bounce. Объясняет продюсер и автор песен Тревис Лик Лос-Анджелес, США Bounce. Bounce значит, а, мне надо уехать вот здесь, отсюда. Время провалить. Bounce. Bounce. Capital Schools. For me, it just I just remember when the, the video, when they're breaking through the walls of each other, is really, really cool. Andy, listen, we went out uh, saying that we're going to come back and speak about the Europa League before we go on to Alexander Zotov. Um, bad night for AC Milan and a very bad night for Celtic. Yeah, it's kind of a bad week, really, I guess, for AC Milan, having lost the uh, the derby in the last minute with Icardi scoring. And then, yeah, against uh, Betis, who have been slightly struggling for form away from home in, in La Liga. Went 2-0 up, and Milan just couldn't find a way back. Um, they, I think they got one back in the 83rd minute, and then down to 10 men in stoppage time. Frustrations kicked in, and now they might they might struggle in that in that group. I mean, I just should come out. Like I mean, they're, they're a Luxembourg team. They're going to whip again the next time out. So. However, Olympiacos got a win away from home, and are now two points behind them. It's a bit, it's a bit of pressure there. True, true, but I still think Milan should get through. What happened with Celtic? I mean, 2-0 two, two at the uh, fizzy, fizzy energy drink arena. Again, Red Bull. Let's, okay, I'm going to say Red Bull. Remember that the head of Red... People, remember the head of Red Bull uh, Sports Science was the second in command for the East German doping problem. He was in jail and he was moved into Red Bull. So do not forget that. Enough about Jamie Vardy. About Red Bull beating your boys. Well... I thought we played very well for about 24 minutes and then after that it just went wrong more wrong and yeah um, the one thing that I was kind of surprised by and kind of happy about was that uh, Brendan Rodgers chopped and changed gave a few youngsters a go and obviously came to the conclusion that we were going to struggle away from home against a technically better side than us I think um, and he he rested a few players with the um, cup semi-final um, in Scotland in mind. He's obviously going for the treble treble. He has not lost a, a trophy yet in his time in domestic football in Scotland. Well, I mean, it's good when I mean, just and it paid off. Like, so. I mean, looking at Rangers like falling apart against uh, Aberdeen. So I mean, it's at a- the same time, Hearts are clear in the league at, at, um, at the moment, and Celtic were playing Hearts in the in the cup semi-final at, um, at Murrayfield which is actually the, the rugby stadium of course but well, after some I don't think I think it'll, it'll just as the season goes through I don't think it'll be just Celtic all the way ok uh, of course Zenit they won 2-1 at home uh, against Bordeaux so a decent result there for the 45,000 people uh, Krasnodar they lost 2-1 away but they're doing quite well I mean they, they, they lost the standard of the age but they're still going to qualify from that group Spartak Mosso 0-0 draw against Rangers a decent result for Spartak considering that they you know they're playing with a, a temporary manager 
Yeah, I thought so. Both both sides sort of huffed and puffed and never really created any clear-cut chances. I thought it, it generally could have gone either way. Um, but probably a nil-nil, well, a draw was a fair result, and I think Spartak would have taken that considering the week definitely, they had. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so we are going to go across, well, across the far side of Moscow to the CEO of the All-Russian Football Players Union and, of course, a member of the Executive Committee of the Russian Football, Football Union, Mr. Alexander Zotov. Alexander, how are you doing? I'm great, how are you? Good. Listen, how's the heart after last night's uh, squeaker against the Giants? Well, it was a tough game, actually. I mean, uh, and I'm very happy that Redskins won it. Uh, I think their defense is, is playing really well. The offense has to improve, I think. But overall, it was a good game. And um, and the record that they have now, five wins, two losses, and it's, it's fantastic. I haven't seen uh, such a record for, for them in many, many years. So, I mean, as, as a Redskins fan for, I don't know, how many, 30 well, here's I'm, I'm really happy. Well, I mean, looking at it, I was looking at the stats uh, last night. Of course, we're talking American football right now because the Redskins won last night against yeah, uh, New York I'm, Giants. I'm, so. I'm, yeah, of American <laughs> football union. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, of course, uh, I, I looked at some of the stats last night and that every time uh, Adrian Peterson, the running back, has gotten up to you know, 90, you know 90 rushing yards, the Redskins have won when he has underperformed, like in Game Two of the the season when he was held to twenty yards. Then they have lost. So I mean, they are very, very dependent on one player. Well, maybe, but the, the touchdown he scored yesterday was fantastic. I mean, the, 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 was the, I don't know how many yards he ran, but it was like well the field. So <laughs> and well, probably, and he's not a young guy, but but um, I think. I think it's not that they depend on him that much, but also, uh, as I said, I think they they, they have a lot to uh, credit to give to their defensive uh, team and to the interceptions they made and, and um, the, the play when they uh, hit the ball out of the hands right right next to the end zone of the players. So, so I mean, um, I think it's more of the the, the the credit to the defensive team than 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 them to one single player so yeah, well, I mean, Peterson I, is great yeah I mean I agree with that and, I, and also like looking at the way that they uh, you know they, when they were defending especially in the, in the, the fourth quarter when they were under severe pressure and if the Giants had gotten a, a, a touchdown I think they were on a, a third and goal at one point and basically mm-hmm. the defence stood them up so much that the Giants decided that they would take a, 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 a quick three pointer they kicked between the posts, got the points to try and win the ball back because really the the Redskins defense just they refused to give up. But again, you know, yeah, just yeah. but you know, you, it's good to have that. But they need to start producing. But anyway, talking about producing, uh, Alexander, one one issue I just wanted to bring up straight away with you was um, there was reports this weekend over Baltic Kaliningrad that the players have been unpaid for five months. Uh, is that the case at the moment uh, out on the uh, Baltic Sea? They were paid some uh, something, but but there's a big problem there. Yeah, and uh, we're still waiting for some uh, movement from because there was there were also talks that there will be new sponsors coming in, and uh, uh, we're still waiting for this to be confirmed. I think there's some uh, discussion who will run the, the the team and how the money will be given in this case, and uh, so. So I think it's 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 also a question of of uh, the sponsor trying to influence the um, the the management team. So we'll see. I don't I I, I don't expect Baltic to to go bankrupt, uh, but 
but I think um, the sooner they, 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 they resolve their issues uh, with uh, with this sponsorship and this new partner that they're having, the, the, the better. Uh, if that is the case, I can actually. So it's, 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 it's something where they, they have where players and the team have a chance to to live on and uh, not not go down. So so hopefully everything will be resolved. I mean, yeah, because you look at them, they've got, they've got an absolutely magnificent stadium. You were there not a, a couple of weeks ago. It's, yeah. it's, it's a gorgeous city. I really city. loved it in Kaliningrad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's... Right. A, you, it was you, first time, but it was fantastic. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful place. The people are very, very good. There's a great history. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. They have everything, everything there to develop, like, a, a, a real base. And they have a lot of sports fans as well, in fairness. Is, is it just the management of the club that is holding them back slightly? No, I'm not saying that the management is holding, but I think it's an issue of who will be controlling the club and how the, who will be managing the club for for the new partners that they uh, that the club is uh, is talking to. So, uh, my, the, the, I don't know, but uh, I think they they might try to change the the, the management team there or, or some people in the management team. So we'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, in any case, as I said, there, it's not a case like in Anji because uh, Anji doesn't have any. I don't see any 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 chance of them improving the situation uh, because I think they talked to to everybody they could for several times already going back and forth for two different sponsors and for potential partners but but the the situation doesn't change in any case. You you stole my question away from me because I was going to ask you the next thing was what on earth is going on with Angie because I I was of the belief in a way that they they had some way forward. They were going to be developing youth players and they were taking a step forward. But it it doesn't seem to be the case. No, it doesn't. I think the overall situation in Dagestan also influences it. I mean that there's a lot of changes, political changes, and happening there also. And I think it's not a. Anji is not an important issue right now for the Republic of Dagestan, so I think that they are just not. Nobody is ready to talk to them or or to uh, to help them. And um, I understand that the the, the uh, deals they had with Kirimov, uh, they are now only focused. I mean, the money he gives, he gives some money to to the club, but I think it, as I understand, it goes only to the academy. And they cannot spend a ruble on um, on the on the main team out of that money. So, um, and as I said, they cannot find any any partner to to help them live uh, through this season. So I don't know what will happen, but we can even might it might happen so that they don't they will not be able to finish this season. So it will be a catastrophe. I mean, Alexander, I know Andy's here with me, studio and he wants to ask a question. But yeah, I heard him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that like lovely Scottish lilt. Um, <laughs> Be, be, before I, I, I uh, drop the question across to Andy, um, questions is what like we had a terrific World Cup. You guys are working as much as possible. You're getting recognised for your work as well as side at the Footballers Union. Yet uh-huh. it comes back to this point that you have made over and over and over. Not just he, here with me or on. You've made in 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 that there's just terrible management in clubs, management of of, of football clubs in general. Listen, what, what can be done? Can something be done from the central government to try and improve this? Or is it just going to be this constant thorn in, in Russian football side? Well, I think we're going also through a transition phase. And I agree with you that their the lack of good management is a big problem for, for majority of clubs. Um, and there is a scarce numbers of, of good managers, actually, that, that are there uh, in, in the football industry in Russia. 
But um, what, as I said, it's a transition phase when when uh, uh, the clubs are they have to sober up. You know, they have to understand that the the, the budgets they received before from local governments from uh, you know that they're they're not there anymore, or if they're there, they're 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 much smaller. So they have to find a way to to work and find commercial partners or to try to attract also fans into the stadiums and you know to make this match day earnings and and uh, other types of of uh, uh of uh, money inflows that that they have to work for they can't they, it's not a it, it won't be the same like it was before when they were just receiving money for and not having to do anything for that so it's a, they have to work now, <laughs> and, and 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 this sometimes, in many cases, is not something they're ready for. So we just have to go through this transition period, and probably you know new managers will come out, and new people who will be really interested in running clubs and uh, you know trying to earn money for them, and hopefully, hopefully this will change the way things work and the way. Uh, Russian football is operated. Well, just, but it's just, not a, a question of state, I think. It's just a question of time. Okay. And just on, on that, Alexander, I mean, we, you, you've been an advocate, um, I mean, not yet, well, privately and, and publicly as well, of, of a sort of like an American style, like a cap system uh, to control finances. Could that work here? Or are we looking at just for a kind of a, a, an economy of scale where, for example, in Irish football, in the Irish Premier League, a lot of clubs were paying players way too much, and then started going bankrupt because mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they they just didn't have the people coming through the turnstiles, for example. And I mean, you know, and and you know, even then they weren't paying such huge wages. But would it be the case that maybe that there is a salary cap put on players that we might see a flood of players going abroad if if that's that's been done? Like, what 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 is a solution that you could see that could work here? Well. A salary cap, you know, everybody's talking about it, even on the world scale now. I think it's uh, there's um, some talks that there should be a salary cap in, in Europe, for instance, and uh, like uh, imposed by FIFA or UEFA. But uh, <coughs> it might be a solution. But I, it's I think that the, the salaries have have gone have gone down drastically uh, compared to five six years ago. Uh, in any case, and. Uh, you know, it's not a question now of, uh, I think, of, of uh, you know, overpaying players. Some, In some cases, yes, but majority of clubs are not that, you know, wealthy now to, to pay too much money to the players. So it's, I, I think it's more of a question of, uh, you know, educating managers and uh, maybe having some uh, licensing system for, for the for the manage, top management of the oh, club. Interesting. And, yeah, it could, no, that, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's novel. That's that, that's not something done anywhere else. That like you know you can, if you you can just like buy in or go in to manage a club, as in like not coach but like manage the whole system of a club without any yeah, experience or knowledge. Yeah, but it's an knowledge. important role. You you license you licensed uh, coaches. You license you basically license players. You license clubs, uh, but you don't license those who run all this uh, show. So you need, I think well, it's not a novelty from us because we have been suggesting this to the federation for several years now and I think it's an important thing because you have to really you have to have at least basic education for the top managers and and, and a a license they have to pass an exam because uh, I can tell you that in the second and first division uh, and then even in some clubs in Premier League 
top uh, general managers they don't even know the regulations i mean they oh. don't read the the the, the 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 regulations that are imposed by the RFU the, the Russian football union or the fifa regulations and they're you know you sometimes you listen to them and your your hair goes up because something they're saying is is, is really crazy so this might push you know people to try to get get more more you know educated in knowledge. terms of managing the club yeah, yeah. No, so a little knowledge is a dangerous thing but you know these guys need a little bit of knowledge listen Alexander stay with us we're going to come back after the break with you so because uh, Andy's yes. desperately waiting to ask this question so we're going to go out to a to the break with uh, Brian Adams and we're going to win we're back after this Capital Sports with Alan Moore going to win don't want to be a loser going to win because winning really Наступает время создавать новое. Время оттачивать свое мастерство. Быть безупречным в деталях. Лучшим из лучших. Гросс. Гарантия совершенства. Информация по телефону. 8 800 249 49 и на сайте www.instrument.ru Квартира с в Новой Москве. Жилой комплекс «Южная Бунина» от группы компании «МИЦ». 
Ищите нас по запросу «Южная Бунина» или звоните 495-152-0505. ООО «Московский ипотечный центр МИЦ». Проектная декларация на сайте www.mitsdefizbunina.ru Бытовые вакуумные упаковщики «Касса» продлевают срок хранения продуктов до пяти раз. Защищают продукты от морозного ожога. Экономят ваши деньги. Двойной запаечный шов. Съемная вакуумная камера. Импульсный режим. Более 10 моделей в ассортименте. Официальный представитель «Касса» в России – компания «Комфорт Макс». Телефон 495-921-0288. Слова и выражения, которым вас не учили на уроках английского. Backseat Buyer. Объясняет коммерческий директор рекрутинговой компании Люк Джонс, Лондон, Великобритания. Backseat Buyer. Человек, который очень любит не только сам покупать, а участвовать в покупках других людей. Либо совет, либо комментарии. Неважно, просто главное участвовать в самом процессе. Это скорее относится к девушкам, мне кажется. Backseat Buyer. Backseat Buyer. Okay, and we're back with Capital Sports. This is uh, part three. We still luckily have Alexander Zotov. He's still on the phone. Of course, he is the CEO of the All Russian Football Players Union and a member of the RFU, the Russian Football Union uh, Executive Committee. Um, Alexander, I'm going to hand this across to Andy because he's got a very, very important question that we we discussed before the show. So, uh, fire away, Andy. Hi, Alexander. So, yeah, hello. This is a time in the season now. We're sort of ten games in, in a lot of leagues or more. If you started earlier, where there's a lot of chop and change. Managers lose their jobs, and currently in the world of sport, through Twitter and players who've suffered perhaps in their careers and trying to bring this up, is mental health. And I wondered how much uh, in your role do you come across players or coaches who are seeking. Help for depression or other issues, because obviously we've had the sacking of Carrera recently for Spartak, who was under a lot of pressure, and this is something that obviously affects a lot of people. But perhaps we don't see it or hear about it. Well, uh, you know, it's. I think it's also not in the Russian culture to talk about depression that much, unfortunately, and you can see it today. Uh, you can see. A lot of, I think, people suffering from depression because, you know, the the, the life is very intense if you take Moscow, you know, with all this, uh, you know, have to run around to make, to earn money and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really happening actually, but it's, it's, it's not common to discuss it, you know, and widely. I had some issues with, uh, with players and sometimes very tough issues, you know, with, with mental, mental health and, uh, Some had to even get uh, support from doctors to 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 overcome it. Are they you Russian or foreign players? No, they, these were Russian players. Um, you can see a lot of that also by the way what happens to them after their careers and when they cannot find their role in in the society and they go to alcohol and um, they die at a young age. You can see a lot of young young forty uh, five year old. Uh, Former stars like uh, Timbalar or, or you know other guys who, like Cherenkov, who who basically, you know, they did they were very important players and big stars and when they were playing, but they were literally you know sometimes forgotten or not not uh, deserving getting the attention they deserved after their careers and and this you know 
in my in my mind, you know, it made it made them suffer mentally and then find uh, answers in alcohol, as I said, and uh, basically die at a very young age, unfortunately, because you know. Uh, it's it's not happening at the moment yet. I mean, the, we don't have a program for for dealing with mental issues in the union, but we're watching closely what happens in other unions. We saw what happened last week uh, when FIFRO had a FIFRO is the um, World uh, Union for, for for Football Players Union and unions, and uh, they had a, a, a two or three day discussions on 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 mental health issues and how to how to you know battle them and this is something some experience that we're we're interested in getting and and uh, we're really interested in working in this direction because we can see this is a big problem is so, there a, are there a rise yeah. of, uh, of of football clubs here using psychologists or you know br bringing that aspect that is is happening much more in europe is is that happening in russia with within clubs uh, here? I don't see this tendency yet, um, but I think if we start raising these questions and if we start working in this directions, the direction, we will see um, an improvement because uh, it's definitely something that has to be there because because the pressure is you know is enormous. It's overwhelming sometimes, and for young guys who come from different parts of Russia with different backgrounds, sometimes from small towns and villages, you know, to to be under this uh, in the spotlight and this this uh, enormous attention from from media or from fans or from you know from everybody actually, and uh, it really sometimes you know it get get in your head, unfortunately, and and. Um, Sometimes it's really hard to cope with it alone. So, so there I mean, has to be professional people working with you. Yeah, but that's 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 one of the reasons why you know that that you're you know, you you have you you began to fight uh, for not just for players' rights for like getting paid on time or getting paid full stop. It's also how to help them, especially after the career, because that's the biggest thing. Like we, like we, well, like I've I've seen it as well. Like with even with tennis players, like when they, when they finish with footballers, when they finish, what do they do next? Because they've had a very reg, reg, regimented life and regulated life, and suddenly it's just like, well, it's up to you now. Like to do simple things, like go to open a bank account or what have you. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. and, and I'm looking. Look, sorry, just just looking across. Like say, uh, Russia in terms of you say for suicide. Like I mean, this is suicide is third highest in the world. You know, it was in 2016. Yeah, yeah. I think in in 2017 it has dropped slightly, and it's still a huge issue. So you know, and I mean, I'm I'm talking as an Irishman, where again, if you, like having a depression or having like you know, you know, having issues, alcohol is a solution. So you well, know, yeah, in many cases, of course, and that's what I said that it's not common to discuss, you know, your depression with or going to a doctor about it. You know, people just sometimes don't realize it, or sometimes they're just, you know, afraid to talk about it, and uh, because because you know, you don't know how how your you know people around you will react to it. So it's not a it's not a common thing. So the people have to get used to the thing that getting professional help in these issues is nothing nothing it doesn't mean that you're uh, whacked in your brains it means that you ju just um, you just need a you know help at certain points of your life because we go through different uh, cycles and 
a depression sometimes is a normal thing to happen, but it has to be, uh, you have to cure it. You have to work on, uh, on uh, overcoming it. So, so and, and not being a doctor, you might not be able to do it alone. Listen, so, that, so you said the right thing. We're, we, we're not working directly at, at tackling at the moment, unfortunately, the mental issues, but we are working on post-career things, and we have a program with uh, the, the, uh, our football federation, where we support players in uh, getting uh, education outside of football, uh, getting a new profession, and this this things we we have started like more than a year ago, and it started working. We have players getting getting professional education, so this this is one way of, uh, of solving it. But it, there has to be also, as as we just discussed, there has to be professional people. There have to be professional people <laughs> that specialize in this uh, issue, and they must be also present in clubs. Uh, you know, working in clubs and helping players there and outside. So this there's a lot to be done in this direction. Well, listen, the, the, the most important thing is to start, and you've already started, and I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that Beef Pro recognize this and take mm-hmm. you guys on board because that's, you know, you can tap into the resources that are there available yeah, through Beef Pro. Yeah. You know, so, fingers crossed. Alex, listen, thank you very, very much, and uh, here's hoping that uh, the Redskins win again this weekend. They play against Atlanta. Yeah, I oh, well. so, because Atlanta had... Uh, Two wins in uh, in the last two games, so we'll see how 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 Redskins can manage playing with them. Fingers crossed. But uh, it was it yeah. was great talking to you and uh, say hello again to Andy. We will so. do that. Enjoy your weekend. Weekend. Enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Alexander. Thank you. Okay. That was Alexander Zotov, the CEO of the All Russian Football Players Union and, of course, a member of the Russian Football Union Executive Committee. He also was very, very heavily involved in the very successful uh, World Cup, especially the anti-discrimination campaign, and not just that as well. And he, some, some good words there he, he, he had about, and, and very frank as well, about the issues facing players. I mean, when he mentioned Cherenkov, I met Cherenkov, I interviewed him in 1990, the nicest, quietest man you'd ever want to meet. And I met him again when I came to Russia back in, well, the early, well, mid-2000s. Very, very nice man, but again, suffered badly from depression and alcohol. Yeah, it's a big problem. I I was very happy to see, uh, or hear rather, that Alexander was so positive about the programmes that they're putting in. And you could almost hear the frustration about why clubs aren't taking these things on board and why aren't they learning and... Yeah, it's, it's obviously a transitional period for Russian football because there are issues here that are very different to other parts of Europe, such as the long winters and remoteness and isolation of cities. Um, and certainly with more foreign players coming in, there's roughly about, I think it's 0.02% of footballers that generally make it. So for these young lads that have travelled in from all across... That's 0.02, that is tiny. That's even lower than in the UK and Ireland. Yeah. Um, so... The pressure on these on these young kids if they don't make it, I mean, all of a sudden it can it can spiral. Okay, and and again, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the whole thing with suicide again is this is something that you know is not dealt with in many many cases. I mean, with young people here, not just here. I mean, I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying that the, the support isn't there. I mean, the country's third well, in Europe. Is, yeah, I mean, in, in Europe as well. If you don't make it at the top level, you fall down a level, and you can still live a professional career exactly. in the third league or the fourth exactly. league even. But here, you drop down a level and that's, you know, all of a sudden you're doing two jobs, things get on top of you, then exactly. all of a sudden you're not getting any younger, and then it's bang. Um, 
And when, especially in mean, the big wide world, is, especially when we sell like when you're not getting paid, we yeah. don't get paid, and then all of a sudden you get injured and you've no insurance policy, you know. And 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 okay, anyway, we're talking about managers. Okay, quickly back on this week, past weekend, of course. So couple of results. So local they won away three 0 against the NSA. Dino and Moscow got a great draw down in Grozny. That was a good one for 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 them. And there, Siskat they drop one against Krasnodar, losing two one. Now this weekend coming up, Andy, uh, in the Russian Premier League um, Saturday. Locomotive home against Arsenal Tula. That's a big one, kicking off at two o'clock. Yeah, I think Locomotive, despite suffering bad results in the Champions League, haven't let it affect their, their form at the moment. In They're the improving. They're, they're, yeah, improving. They've, yeah, they, yeah. they've actually got a got a bit of a buzz on, and they're scoring again. And um, bar one howler from Guillerme in the defence against <laughs> Rostov, they're actually defending quite well again. Yeah. They, they seem to be a bit more of a unit. So, I think Arsenal Tula got their result against Spartak. Slumped to a tool draw against Orenberg. I, I think Locomotive will will kick on and they'll, keep they'll keep going it. to yeah. Okay. Well, I I, I I would I would yeah I'd agree with that. Dino Moscow Siska uh, out in Himki. That is a four thirty kickoff on Saturday. That's a big big local derby. And I mean Siska have to win that. They can't afford they can't afford a draw. They, even. they need up, to win. Yeah. yeah, they need to win because they're 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 in a bad bad position right now. Uh, and then of course Spartak on Sunday at seven o'clock out at the Otkrita Arena or Luke Oil Arena where you want to call it Spartak against Ural that's a tough one Ural are no mugs yeah I was watching the um, Ural Ufa game at the weekend and Ural are, are well organised they attack this is one thing that surprises me sometimes about some of the smaller clubs here is how willing they are to attack and go and you know throw, the, throw everything you said they've got you as well yeah yeah, the, yeah. Um, they, they, they don't fear the big clubs as much as perhaps they used to sort of five six years ago um, and that could prove a tricky one considering what Spartak are going through at the moment. Okay, uh, Okay. so what, what tips do you have there for the Russian Premier League this weekend? For the Russian Premier League, we've been mentioning Angie and their financial problems. However, on the pitch, I think they're beginning to turn it round and I thought they were very unlucky not to get anything against Rostov. Um, they hit the bar, had a number of chances. They have, of course, beat Zenit in the last couple of weeks and I think they represent very, very good value at home this weekend. Okay, so you reckon they're going to win? I've got them for a win, and also Krasnodar, who have won their last four games against Rostov, are over even money as well, and are obviously hitting a bit of form. Okay, so that is Angie to beat Yenisei. Well, I mean, they're playing Yenisei, so that, that's fair enough. Yenisei could be going three losses in a week. Um, and uh, Krasnodar, Krasnodar beating Rostov. Rostov. That, yes, that, 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 that looks pretty decent. Okay, English Premier League very, very quickly. Uh, Liverpool whipping uh, Cardiff 4-1 I mean they're really they're looking well Salah who of course was like the walking dead playing for Egypt and then suddenly makes a miracle return I was sure some med, uh, medical science has a lot to play in that but he he scored again got in the, the score sheet 4-1 uh, another couple of notables Fulham losing 3-0 at home to Bournemouth Watford your tip winning 3-0 at home to Huddersfield and of course that, that uh, Leicester City uh, West Ham game 1-1 Mark Noble of course who should have played for Ireland but he, he chose not to uh, uh, getting sent off in the first half of that game ok uh, Chelsea 4-0 winners away to Burnley uh, Crystal Palace 2-2 against Arsenal Crystal Palace should have won that two penalties but you know they and that uh, Aubameyang goal came from a handball yeah and 
just to give Crystal Palace maybe some credit here, because if they'd have taken all three points, um, we would have hear, been hearing a lot more about it. But that is the first points that Arsenal have dropped, I think, in ten games. Did one, did one ten games straight, I think it was, or I 11 games? So, yeah, yeah, they really did a great run. Man, Man United uh, beating Everton, but it was tough. Everton played quite well, but Pogba, with that weird little, like, it was like he was doing a dressage. You know, the horse dressage, like, little, he, it took him longer to run up and hit the penalty and it took um, what you call him Usain, what, Bolt. Usain Bolt the man with the chicken nuggets uh, to score score or to, to run 100 metres what the anyway he, he won right uh, tips this past weekend they all came home yeah we we, uh, we hit hit the double this weekend of Watford uh, winning and uh, CSKA and Krasnodar who have now scored both teams now scored 9 out of, the, of their last 11 games so yeah profit in the bank there very much okay this weekend coming up a big 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 uh, well c- couple of big games actually on Friday evening uh, or sorry there's no game on Friday excuse me in the English Premier League on Saturday uh, there are mm, a couple of decent games Burnham for Ma- uh, Man United Everton home to Brighton Newcastle Watford uh, Arsenal Liverpool at 8.30 Moscow time yeah I mean that, that that's a real um, if you have a look back over the last uh four or five seasons or sorry the last four or five fixtures you'll find though th- that game has produced an astronomical amount of goals there's been four threes three threes all sorts i'm, I'm quite looking especially the form that both of those teams are going you into say that over game three i i'd be going over 2.5 goals in that game okay. just because yeah i think it could be nil or draw <laughs> I know that's me. Okay, we're going to go ahead for, uh, in in a moment. So, uh, of course, on Sunday also uh, there is the uh, just double checking it here. Of course, there is the Chelsea Crystal Palace and Man City Southampton. What are your tips for the English Premier League this weekend? So, I'm looking at Everton. So, Brighton may have beaten the the struggling Newcastle away from home, but aside from that, their last win on the road was back in January, and it was in the FA Cup against Middlesbrough. So I'm, I think Everton are a really good value this weekend to beat Brighton at home. And I'm feeling that Wolves' honeymoon period in the Premier League might be starting to, to, to crash and they're coming back down to reality. They've lost the last two. And as we've mentioned before, Spurs have a very good record away from home. So, okay. so it's Spurs it's and Everton. OK. Uh, very quickly, congratulations to the Boston Red Sox, who, well, they might be listening. Well, they probably are. Uh, on winning the World Series, of course, which takes place between teams from America and a team from Canada. In the KHL, Siska are leading the way in the West. Uh, Ska, St. Petersburg are in second. And Spartak, Moscow, our good friends, are chasing hard in fifth place. OK. We're going to go away for this week. Wishing you all a happy Halloween. Hopefully we'll come back next week, not turned into ghouls or goblins or hob- hobnobs, wherever we might want to be. Uh, Andy, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, you. And of course, a very great thanks to Alexander Zotter for, as always, speaking the great truth. Great insight. Yeah, exactly. And basically, you know, if more people spoke the truth within sport and football, the world would be a whole lot better place, right? We are going to end on a happy note and a good note. Um, this is by a group called Eels. It's called It's uh, It's a Beautiful Day. And, you know, let's just go and enjoy this week and talk to each other, have fun, and we'll be back next week on Capital Sports. Sports with Alan Moore. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say.